Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, comedy and yarn in equally large measures. I'm your host Joe Milmine and this is episode 76, Knitting Calendar. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Shiny Bees podcast, the first for 2016. I hope you all had a good festive season and a good new year. I know some people are taking part in some challenges um, to inspire them creatively through this year or in other areas such as decluttering or book reading or other stuff. I'm not, funny old thing, I'm not going to be doing that because... I'm not very good at challenges, um, or certainly not challenges that involve decluttering. I have to use the force, you know, I'm just like, there comes a point where the irritation level just peaks and I just start throwing things out, but I'm certainly not a um, Marie Kondo or any other kind of decluttering type person, uh, convert or aficionado in any way, but some of you might be, and if you are partaking in a little bit of that, then uh, I hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> and things have been busy I can't believe it's already January again and we're off again on another crazy ride together it's been a little bit bonkers I thought there would be more time to have a bit of a rest from the podcast and chill out and do some planning and I have managed to do that but in true your style I've managed to add in a whole lot of other things as well along the way because, you know, we don't want to get bored, do we? We don't want to get bored. Thank you to all of those who've been in touch over um, the period since the last podcast. It's great to hear from you. I also heard from Marguerite, who I mentioned in the last podcast. Um, I didn't think she would catch up that fast, but she must have caught up quite quickly. Anyway, it turns out that, yes, Marguerite does drive trains, but she also I neglected to read this properly in the original email, and I probably should have. Because she drives the biggest trains in the world. Now, that's all fine, but she listens to podcasts while she's driving. And she was all surprised when she heard her name on the show. And I was like, oh my word, you know, don't surprise someone who's driving one of the biggest trains in the world. It's probably not that safe. <laughs> Nobody wants to be responsible for doing really in the biggest train in the world. Um, so Marguerite, listen. Listen very carefully. Hold on to, I don't know if you get a steering wheel on a train. But you know what, just, just. Drive your train carefully when you've got the podcast on. We don't want any bad accidents. Um, that could well be the kiss of death now. Um, but yeah, thank you to everyone else also who got in touch in the um, meantime. It's been great to hear from you all. And I've been enjoying uh, following everyone's festive exploits, crafty and otherwise, on Instagram and other social media. Looks like you've all had fun, done plenty of knitting, uh, which is always a good way to spend your time as I'm sure you all agree. I went off to visit, as you know in the last episode, um, my in-laws in well, the near Lewis, a village near Lewis in East Sussex in the UK, which if you're not familiar, is the south coast near Brighton, basically. Um, it's about five hours drive from where I live now in Wigan. It was as mental as mental gets. They live in a two-up, two-down 
crazy sort of eco house type thing that is red hot all the time because it's super duper insulated and grain source heating and there was both of them me the offspring so sanimal and the beast womble and bowser who they've been looking after since we moved and um, just so we can get the house sorted with the workmen and things their dog mojo who's also a sheltie just like my dogs then my brother-in-law was there with his dog buddy and my other brother-in-law came as well so that was five adults two children four dogs and then on christmas day um uh uncle and auntie turned up with their two children and um, my uncle and auntie-in-law so there was nine adults four dogs two children and it was a bit of a boozy affair and they've got a two up two down basically so it's not the biggest of houses and they're also collectors of many many things mostly furniture it would seem so there is no space in the house to start with but the house is also now full of furniture and people big people because they're all even my mother-in-law's about five foot nine five foot ten so they're not the smallest of people and four dogs and two children so it was pretty crazy and my auntie-in-law hates dogs she just doesn't like them and um for some reason she seemed to soften to them this time and decided that she wanted to go off and take them out for a walk as well and accidentally got kind of it was more of a collision than savaging and ripping her face off but she had a collision with my brother-in-law's dog's teeth and cut her face open so my one of my brothers-in-law is a doctor and um I'm not and the other brother-in-law isn't a doctor but he's very sensible so we basically dragged her off because she was bleeding everywhere dragged her off to the kitchen and I asked for a, a first aid kit um so I like, oh, just bring me first aid kit I need you know some wipes and stuff because obviously it's a dog so it's got plenty of germs and um no first aid kit no first aid kit ask my father-in-law for a first aid kit you know what he fetched me this is the clumsiest family in the world, by the way. One of the first things I ever bought my husband was a first aid kit because he was so clumsy. Um, he fetched me a packet, a box of Happy Shopper plasters. Now, Happy Shopper, if you're not familiar, you will be in the UK, but in the States, you're probably not. Happy Shopper is the brand that you get in the, the corner shop. You know, when you can't actually go and get anything that you really want, but you go to the corner shop and they have loads of the random things that you need when nothing else is open. And it's all under this brand called Happy Shopper. Um, so not not exactly top rate equipment to be fixing a, a a gash basically on her face it's bleeding everywhere um, and eventually my brother-in-law kind of saunters out to the car and brings in not one but two first aid kits and then spends 10 to 15 minutes deciding which bit of gauze he's going to use and how he's going to clean it up in the meantime me and youngest brother-in-law have managed to get some kitchen roll wipe her face dab a bit of sort of tcp on it he gets one of the Happy Shopper plasters and puts the plaster on her face, pours her a brandy, well, sherry, job done type thing. Um, all the while that everyone else is still kind of flapping over, you know, this this kind of collision that had gone on in the blood that was everywhere and everything else. And she was very kind of calm and stoical about it, considering she hates dogs and she like basically bashed face and teeth with the dog. Um, but it was quite funny because she, she had this plaster on her cheek and it, it made her look just like Nelly, the rapper. <laughs> I 
like a crazy French auntie, rapping auntie. It was brilliant. So yeah, it was all a little, just a little bit kind of like high tempo for me. Um, so I, I, I swiftly escaped with terrible sinusitis on Boxing Day back up to the north. Um, probably shouldn't have been driving, but I did anyway. And things are much um, calmer now we're back, well-ish, in, in the money pit of uh, good fortune. But there have been some terrible floods in the UK, as you've probably seen on... Uh, the news and things and every road basically into my town it never normally floods it's not a place that floods generally there are areas of town that always floods because they built it on they built a massive shopping center on a floodplain well it flooded before you built a massive shopping center you don't need to be a genius to figure out what's going to happen when you put like 200 odd houses on it and a lot of car parks but you know they did it anyway because the counts are a bunch of crooks and um yeah, libel, but hey. And uh, every road into town was blocked, basically. You couldn't even get around town. So I just set off anyway. I thought, sod it, I'll get as close as I can and walk the rest of the way if I have to. Um, we've got waterproof, you know, we've got wellies, got small children, it's fine. Uh, when I got back, it, it was actually fine. But it wasn't raining the whole way up the M6, all the way to literally the junction before you turn off wasn't raining. Got between that junction and the junction you get off at, it was like Noah came past with his ark on the M6, it was ridiculous, so I've no idea what was going on, but very luckily for me, um, although not so lucky for a lot of other people, uh, my house was actually dry for a change, <laughs> so I was kind of like, thank goodness for that, after five weeks of it raining in, at least it was dry and the cellar was completely dry as well, which is really lucky, so maybe the old girls are softening up on me a little bit, or I thought so, there was another leak in, in the roof, there was some more wallpaper hanging off this week, but we fixed that as well, so she's just warning me, she doesn't want me getting too comfortable. Um, but yeah, that was my crazy Christmas. Um, feel free to pop over into the group on Ravelry and share your uh, crazy Christmas stories, because there must be some, there certainly must be some. I know Louise Tilbrook's little boy's been underneath the a coach in the holiday cottage eating Ferrero Rocher, vintage unknown. <laughs> but that's treasure that, well you know, when you're nine, that's treasure. So what have I got coming up for you in the show today? Well we have um, some podcast news in general of stuff that's going to be going on and news of an interview that I have just done with a lovely lady called Catherine Bryant, so you can go check that out if you like. I've also got the um, Enablers Corner, there's a quick section on nitty events for this month and Joe's basically survival guide for attending knitting events. Um, start the year as we mean to go on, basically, and it's all in the preparation, as they say, kind of like Rocky. It's not compulsory to turn up in a grey hoodie and shout, Adrian, but you know, it'd be funny if you did. And... Um, the key to success in any venture that involves um, sharp elbows and yarn is preparation. So I've put together a few ideas on um, how you can kind of survive a yarn show, basically. So grab yourself something non-alcoholic probably by night and something that doesn't involve cheese. I've just had a warm milk because I'm totally rock and roll. And we shall crack on with the show. podcast news then there's been quite a bit going on i was meant to be having a little bit of a rest and a, a planning session it just turned into a doing sesh basically <laughs> which is always good i don't like to talk about you know 
get get in, get your feet dirty. So, yeah, there's some news uh, to tell you about regarding the podcast in case you've missed it over the uh, festive period. And uh, it's always so much stuff going on. It's very difficult to keep up with things I find. So I thought I would share it with you here. And uh, you can go and check it out at your leisure if you like. The first one of which is that I have now launched the Patreon campaign for the podcast, as I mentioned last time and in the show. And it's really cool. I've got 25 patrons already. Very excited and looking forward to setting up all the goodies. Uh, some of them are already set up and this week all of the others are going to be put together and organised so we can uh, crack on with more fun, basically. The reason I wanted to do a Patreon is because I wanted to find a way for people to be able to support the podcast if they wanted to. The podcast will stay free, you can still download it for free from iTunes as much as you like, but there will be extra stuff for people if you really like the podcast and you want to consider supporting the podcast on a monthly basis um, for a small amount uh, to join in uh, with some extra fun um, then you can do that and that just means that I can carry on uh, bringing the podcast out every week and cover all the hosting costs and everything else and maybe even uh, raising up for some upgrades so um, I set a, def- a set of different kind of levels the basic idea of Patreon is, is it's almost like Kickstarter but for uh, creators who are making content of various descriptions, be it video, uh, podcasts, songs, comics, random funny videos. There's a lot of random funny video channels going on. Um, skits and parodies, they seem very popular on there as well. And um, it's just a way, an easy way to kind of bring that all together in one place. So um, I set us a lot of different uh, rewards up basically and the idea is is that you can donate a certain amount per month and you'll get something back for it as part of your kind of patronage of the podcast you'll still get your podcast as you would anyway um, but you get some extra stuff as well so uh, the first kind of level is a $2 per month and um, for that you get a badge and you get um, put on the special patrons newsletter so everything exciting that happens the patrons will get to find out first and that can all be delivered via patreon as well it's got quite a good inbuilt uh, system for communicating with your patrons which is good um there's a five dollar level which is is basically one coffee a month in starbucks certainly other coffee places are available and that will get you all of the two dollar rewards plus um I'm doing an extra show a month, a patrons only show and a lot of the content in that is going to be shaped by the patrons basically so there's going to be different opportunities available to them um, for their own show that will only be available to them so you'll still get the ordinary podcast, everyone will get that for free but the patrons will get more podcast, another one um, that's a lot more shaped around them so um, there's also a private Facebook group where we're all kind of in there and chatting and having a bit of a laugh and a virtual knit night which is going to be every month and if you're at the $5 level or above basically per month you can come and join in in the virtual knit night and it's um, run on webinar software basically so we can all see each other if we want to see each other um, or you can just do it audio only and we can uh, sit and knit and chat for an hour or also. Um, in our own virtual knit night because one of the things that came up in the survey was a lot of you wanted to get to know each other better as well and I thought that was quite a cool way to be able to do it 
because things like Google Hangouts are limited by sort of 10 people and then once you get past that you can't get any further. Um, but this software that I've sourced, you can have more than that. You can easily have like hundreds if you need to. So plenty of space there. Um, so there'll be at the $5 level, you get the patron only show, private Facebook group where we can all hang out together. I'm in there every day having a look what's going on and the virtual knit night, which is quite cool for that one coffee a month. So and that's quite a bargain personally, because I wanted it to be you to have something back um, for it. I didn't want to just take donate. I'm not really comfortable with just taking donations on their own. I don't know why. I'm a bit weird. Um, and then there's a $10 one, which is all of the 2 and $5 ones, plus a monthly prize draw and 10% uh, off the Swagporium voucher, basically, um, for life or for as long as you're a patron. And I'm more about the Swagporium later. And I'm going to be setting up some vouchers or deals, um, especially for patrons and at the ten dollar level you'll get to find out who i'm going to be interviewing on the podcast and you'll be able to put your own questions that you want to ask that that particular person to them and um, that'll go out on the patron only podcast so you kind of get to be me for a little bit which would be cool um so if there's anyone that you've ever really wanted to ask questions of that'd be quite a good way to do it because it's going to be lots of interviews this year and then there's the kind of top level one, I stopped short of like a romantic weekend away with Joe, and um, stopped at twenty five dollars. It's gonna cost you more than twenty five dollars for a romantic weekend away from, with me, um, to be honest. Unless you're at Edinburgh Yarn Festival, in which case we can snuggle up, and um, that gets you all of the previous levels rewards. But the discount is fifteen percent in the Swagporium, and you're gonna get a personalised project bag for that. And also, you get to basically be in charge of the content for the Patreon, uh, Patreon-only podcast and really ask for what you want specifically and shape that. And there'll be basically an inner circle extra monthly at night as well. So you get two at nights for the price of one. Well, not quite the price of one, but you know what I mean. So just for the people who are really super into the podcast and as a way of saying thank you uh, for that level of kind of support and the vote of confidence at that level. Um, then we're all hang out together some more so they're like the rewards and it's all done through Patreon it's automatically taken out you can cancel it whenever you want and it just seemed like the best and most easiest way for all of you and me to sort of administrate something like that so that I could give you something extra back because you are an award-winning audience I can't take that for granted so that is Patreon for you uh, the URL for that is www.patreon.com forward slash shiny bees i'll put a link in the show notes and there are um links in the sidebar on the website as well next up we've got the swagporium that is its official special name swagporium um and you can find that at www.shinybeeswagporium.bigcartel.com there's also again a hot link um going to be on no there is in the sidebar actually on the website and i'll put a link in the show notes for that um, if you're on the mailing list, you were emailed about this anyway um, last week. But yeah, the Swagporium, the Swag Shop is open. And um, in there, we've got this special um, Most Engaged Audience yarn. Um, it's been designed by Michelle Berry of Berry Colourful Yarnings. And um, she's basically taken the banner, or the Shiny Bees banner, and turned it into a colourway. It's two stripes, thick, nice thick stripes, quite versatile. A kind of toned red and a toned gold colour for the cell stripe. It comes in a 75-25 merino nylon sock and a 75-25 merino, superwash merino 
nylon Stellina version, the sparkly version. She's also made available the two colours separately as a semi-solid if you're not quite into stripy yarns. And I don't know why you wouldn't be. I really don't know why you wouldn't be and still be listening to this podcast. But if you're not, um, you can get it on a, both the sparkly and the non-sparkly base in a semi-solid, the red and the goldy colour. And there's been a bit of a call for it to come in the DK in the sparkly. So that's going to go, that's possible and it's going to go up Um in the shop tomorrow basically uh, it's all done on pre-order so it will be fulfilled in february um but there is a cutoff for that of uh, the 24th of january because obviously it's all dyed to order so then it can be shipped over and i've done a bit of jiggery pokery so that all the uk orders will come to me and then i can post them on because that'll save you a lot of money in postage basically it's about eight quid to post parcels from the us whereas if they all come to me it's only two pound eighty plus depending on how much there is, you know, another kind of quid. So it's, it's about half the price if it, they post it to me first and then I post it on to you second class. So that's what we've done. And it's up there now. You can find that at www.shinybeeswagporium.bigcartel.com. There are project bags coming and I will let you know when they are up there in the shop too. And finally, in podcast news, um, I was interviewed again for a podcast. Very exciting. Um... Again, I did share this out over Christmas, but you might have missed it because it's been busy. But I was invited onto the podcast Divas show by a lady called Catherine Bryant, who I met at New Media Europe, which was the conference in Manchester in September. She also co-hosts an award-winning podcast called The Changeability Podcast, which if you're into self-help um, sort of stuff, then that's what they talk about that. Her and her co-host Julian, they've also written a book about um, self-help subjects basically it's called um also called changeability i believe the book but it's the changeability podcast that's on itunes and but she also by herself hosts a interview show called podcast divas and this can be found at podcastdivas.com and it's on itunes and she interviews female podcasters about all sorts of things sort of their journey into podcasting what kit they use um all that kind of stuff and for me, it was talking about how to build um, a super engaged audience. Not sure I'd give that many like proper top tips for that, but because um, it's all been a little bit by feel, really, for me. It's, I, it's, there's no kind of strategy in it. I just try and be nice to everyone um, and be a bit of a laugh, and that seems to work. Um, but it's a bit vague, you know. What if you're not funny? Um, <laughs> apparently, I'm not that funny. Um, but yeah, it is episode 11 that I'm in there. And I'm talking about you guys because um, I talk about the most engaged audience. Now, yes, you all are. And um, it's on iTunes now. I'll put a link in the show notes. But you can find, if you want to go and check out her back catalogue, she's interviewed some quite interesting people. Um, I've been sort of sandwiched between two kind of powerhouses of the internet marketing type world. So I'm quite excited about that. Um but you can go and uh, have a listen to her at podcastdivas.com or you can find her on iTunes. So I think we'd better move on to a giveaway. So as you will remember, in episode 71, I reviewed Anne Kingston's book, her latest um, book, which was Lace Knits, Magical Methods for Open Work Knitting. And... There's been lots of feedback about that, which is really great to hear. And now it's time to, to free it and um, 
disappointingly, because I do want to keep it myself, I am going to offer this up for a giveaway. So I, the giveaway consists of one copy of Anne Kingston's book. It's an actual copy. It's not a digi copy. It's proper, made out of paper copy um, of Lace Knits Magical Methods for Off-Work Knitting. If you're just joining us and you're new, episode 71 is where you get to hear about it. And I'm hoping to have Anne on the show later in the year so you can all get to meet her and uh, see what she sounds like she's lovely she's very very nice lady so in order to enter um this giveaway it is the usual format so head on over to the group on ravelry the shiny bees podcast group into the giveaway thread for this episode which will um, be marked up with the uh, title of the book and let me know have a look at her ebook and let me know which of her patterns you would knit first and an entry will be drawn at random um, after the 19th of January and um, the winner, whoever random.org says is the winner, will receive a hard copy of Lace Knits. So as I say, go over to the group on Ravelry to enter that and there will be a link in the show notes uh, to get you over there quicker if you're not already a member. Enablers Corner. I think I know we put Enablers Corner earlier than this. It's quite late in the podcast. Um, I'll have to start off on a bit of enabling, then we can ride the wave to the end. Um, but I've obviously just got a little bit mixed up this time, so it's in the middle. But hey, you know, maybe if you need a bit of a boost now, this is a good time to do it. Um, Enablers Corner then, this week, is um, basically not sponsored, but kind of sponsored. I'm bringing to you um, Katya Frankel's new mini collection. Now, Katya Frankel also likes mohair. She does. She sends me pictures. She she tags me in pictures when she's knitting with mohair. And this makes me deeply happy. So um, I am very excited to uh, get her into Enabler's Corner. The only thing missing is a bit more mohair in this um, in this uh, little collection. And basically it's uh, a bit of a departure from what... She does do single patterns of different things and she's done a couple of books already that have been kind of centred around kids' knits and uh, they're really nice, really cute. There's one for boys and then there's one for um, boys and girls, the second book. And this is a a three-piece like mini collection called Flatland Adventures in Geometry and it's been inspired by a Victorian sci-fi novel which I find really interesting, which is called Flatland and basically has these 2D shapes in it which aspire to a higher degree of uh, regularity and they want to become 3d that kind of makes them better and more perfect so i thought that was a really interesting idea not not the kind of inspiration you normally hear for uh, a knitting pattern but you know we're creative types so i think it's quite cool i'm very into victorian stuff so um, it comes with three patterns, the first of which is called Vector. This is a ribbed hat with um, basically a diamond detailing on the, the breaks of the ribbon halfway up. It's quite pretty and that comes in a worsted white yarn. Then we have Tangent, which are fingerless mitts done in stocking stitch. But there's some really, the way they've been constructed, there's some really interesting movement with the way the stitches look, which I find quite different, something I've not seen before. And um, just adds another kind of dimension really to something that could be quite a quick and easy knit. And they are done in a chunky yarn as well. So winner, winner, chicken dinner there. 
and oh sorry no they're done a dk can't even read my own notes they're done a dk one and tesseract is a textured cowl which is looks looks like little reminds me of the victorian tessellated tiles a little triangular tiles um so it has this kind of overall look of a kind of triangular tessellated pattern that is knit in a chunky weight and um, looks like a really versatile piece i have um thea coleman's cardamom rose uh cowl and that's a iron weight cowl and i've just not had it off um over winter it's just so versatile and easy to use and i think this is something that would be very similar to that that you kind of throw on with a lot of different outfits to keep you nice and snuggly and warm um having said that i think vector is my favorite because i think it's a really pretty hat and the collection is available now uh, the patterns are 350 each three pounds 50 each singular patterns and if you want to get all three in a mini collection they're five pounds 25. she also has a group on ravelry um, which I will link to in the show notes and she'll be running her first knit along first ever knit along shortly so if you already have this feel free to go and join along in with that and if not go and check her out and have a look because if these aren't for you but you like knitting for little people she's definitely got you covered so that is Katya Frankel's Flatland Adventures in Geometry so into the main subject of the podcast then and I thought I would talk a little bit about nitty events today it is the start of a new year lots of people are cracking out their planners and uh, sticking washi tape everywhere crazy cats putting stickers on everything and trying to make themselves feel all sort of organized and efficient ready for the year so my mind turned to basically the nitty calendar because it's the only calendar worth bothering about frankly and um, I thought I'd do a chat on nitty events for January, talk about the first my first nitty event of the year, what that's going to be, and then some top tips that I've put together um, just to get you all in shape, you know, refresh your minds ready for you going into nitty events. Now, they will be majority UK based, but if you are hosting or you do know about a fibre event further afield that you would like me to mention on the podcast, then please do pop me an email at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com and I will be only too delighted to do that for you. Because enabling in the British Isles is good, but enabling worldwide is always better. So first up I have for you Waltham Abbey Wool Show. This is taking place on Sunday the 17th of January 2016. It's from 10 till 4pm and it's at the Marriott Hotel in Waltham Abbey in Essex. Price to get in is £5 on the door, £3.50 in advance with all profits going to Age UK in the local area there. Uh, the exhibitor list is up. There are quite a few nice little names on there you might want to check out, including friends of the show Yarn Garden, who are at every show. They're just like ninjas. Um, but I've heard good things about this show. I never really fancied it because it was in a hotel and I thought it might be a bit 1960s and soulless. Um, the hotel, not the show. And... Um, but yeah, I've heard from people who've been, it's the third year this year, that it's a really good show. So if you're in the area, um, you know, get yourself a little ticket online, £3.50, you can't go wrong with that. And have a mooch round and have a look at what they've got. Um, the first nitty event of the year for me will be Edinburgh Yarn Festival, which is taking place at the Edinburgh Corn Exchange on the 17th to the 19th of March. Unless you're under a complete hole, you will have heard about 
this and the fact it's taking place. There's been lots of emails from Joe and Mika already to prep us all and brief us all in um, for that event. It is the weekend of my birthday. My birthday is the 18th of March. So obviously I'm going. <laughs> I've booked my ticket. Well, Sockkit's booked our tickets already for the train. So we're going to be getting the train up to there and uh, staying at Sling Hay's house. You'll see on social media quite often knitting with um, TGS yarns and she she works offshore in the North Sea and she's away so she's basically allowed me to stay and some select friends, Sock Kate included, stay at a lovely brand new house in, um, in Edinburgh. So that was very lucky for me and we will reward her handsomely for her hospitality with probably a pile of yarn and various other accoutrements to go with it, like Prosecco. And um, I will be um, attending that. The classes have already gone live and sold out. And there's lots more to be announced and get excited about thereafter. I will be doing a couple of workshops. I can't tell you anything more than that at the moment um, as part of the podcast lounge, which will be taking place. And... Madame Nick British, Louise Scully, will be heading the charge and giving you all the scoops about what will be happening as part of that in her podcast over the next few weeks. So make sure you give her a listen at knitbritish.net if you don't already. But the podcast lounge is going to be on again. It was a great space last year. I'm very excited about meeting everyone again and just getting all kind of giddy and into the yarny goodness really so it's going to be good i'll start a thread in the china bees group on ravelry if you are going to edinburgh yarn festival then please do pop over and let me know um when you go in what day and no hiding no hiding this time those people who hid at yarndale when they saw me no hiding if i see you i'll rugby tackle you i won't even be sorry i'll just take you down so save yourself the trouble and just say hello it's easier, it's easier all round. So I'll make sure that your, av- your avatar is just like a dog, so I'll never know it's you. That's the other option, of course. <laughs> but yeah, all this talk of uh, yarn shows and everything turned my mind to basically how to survive a yarn show. Because um, if you've not been to one before, they can be a little bit overwhelming, particularly if you do go to a quite a large one to start with. Um, like the likes of, I mean, Edinburgh isn't even that big like Yarndale has hundreds of stalls or Woolfest has lots of stalls Wonderwool Wales again lots and lots of stalls lots of fumes lots of giddiness kiddie in a sweet shop you need to prepare you need to prepare in advance I would say uh, for these events if you're going to maximize your return on investment essentially uh, for going to a yarn festival. I mean, if you want to, you know, I like to support everyone's way of doing things. You just want to rock up, be dead casual about it, don't make a plan, do no prep, get stuck in a queue for the toilets for about 20 years, all that kind of good stuff. You can do that. Happy with that. Um, but if you don't want to do that, then maybe we should do a little bit quick five minute training, basically, on, on what I would do and my top tips for surviving a yarn festival because they can be. A little bit overwhelming for the uninitiated but very good fun very good fun so my pre-show prep consists of prepping basically so um pre-ordering pre-order your tickets like i've just said about waltham abbey uh, show uh, if you if you you know 75 percent of the wind of knowing you're going just um, pre-order your ticket 
because you'll normally get a discount of some description on pre-ordered tickets and um, that means more money for yarn essentially and you can print it out you're all good you're ready to go everyone's a winner also all the as i've said you know edinburgh yarn festival is in march i've already booked the train tickets that's because in the uk cheap train tickets come out 12 weeks before um the date of travel and that's a time to jump in there and, and get some good deals good cheap deals on trains you can use trainline.com um or you can book directly through the various train companies if you like and and you can also look into um splitting your tickets on the way as well if it's expensive and um, there's an app called tickety split and that checks whether you can split your journey halfway and essentially what that means is say i was going from london to edinburgh it might cost me 100 pounds to go from london to edinburgh but if i split my journey at say york it might cost me 20 pounds from london to york and 20 pounds from york to edinburgh so it would save me 60 quid that's the kind of premise of ticket splitting um you can have a look at that and see if you can get it cheaper that way but at this point if you're a couple of months in advance there, there are quite a few decent deals um for your travel because reduced travel costs means more money for yarn so I always make sure that I check out my trains well in advance um, to avoid any unnecessary expense and have a look if you're eligible for any rail cards you may well be eligible for a rail card a lot of the railway companies do rail, that sort of different rail cards now there's one in Scotland for people over 50 and you get a third off within Scotland and there's all sorts of different things that you can look at to maybe get a bit more of a discount and that means more money for yarn so the next thing I would do is um, check out the journey and options. Some places it's worth getting the train to. Edinburgh's one of them because it's very easy to get around and it's under three hours to get the train from where I live. Skipton, for Yarndale for instance, not so good. It took me about two hours to get there on the train. It takes me like 40 minutes in the car, if that. So have a look at your options. Maybe set up some car shares with people who are local to you from your knitting group or that you can meet up with on Ravelry, go into the group for that show and see if anyone wants to kind of share a lift and share the cost of petrol or what have you from your area if you don't already know them. The Knitters is not a club for axe murderers. Ravelry is not a forum for axe murderers. They're probably going to be all right sort of people. So don't worry about that um, that too much. But again, that can keep everyone's travel costs down. You've got someone to talk to on the way and that means more money for knitting. <laughs> on one minute for yarn at least and um, also have a look um on google for any previous problems that events have had um yarn deals want a massive one for toilets they're all porta potties and there's always massive keys each different event will have its own little kind of foible and thing that's a bit annoying about it so if you know about that in advance you can kind of make some preparations now i'm not suggesting you add a shiwi to your notions pouch but if you want to that would be very practical um but just have a think about if there's been problems with the queues for the loose before don't wait till the last minute because you're high on yarn fumes and wet yourself in the queue outside it's not very dignified um plan ahead with that that sort of stuff essentially and um also beforehand check the exhibitor list and make sure that you plan out which stalls to visit you can stalk them on social media beforehand so you've not got an idea of what they're going to be taking so a lot of people post the stuff beforehand um sounds like a really obvious thing to do and it is a really obvious point um 
but I've lost count the number of times I've desperately wanted to see a certain person at a show and made a plan mentally to go see that person and then not actually got there and at five o'clock on the Sunday I've been like oh bugger I didn't see xyz because I've got distracted by other stalls I didn't even go to see Yarndale is a classic for it because there's so many stalls but it's really easy, easy in other places to get distracted from the people you've actually gone to see. So write it down, make a list and make sure you go to them first before and you're very strict about it before you get sucked into the other stalls that you're just browsing and looking at and spending all your money out by accident and you, you know how it goes. So to that end, work out your budget beforehand and maybe even think of some ideas of stuff that you might want to make and therefore what kind of yarns you might want to buy loosely you might know exactly you might be like i'm going to go to this particular diet and i'm going to buy this because i love their stuff and i know what i want but if you're in that dangerous looking stage um it can very quickly spiral out of control as as we all know and the best way to avoid that is to do a bit of prior planning so have a look and think about it and that should hopefully if you add that to your list of people you definitely need to see and categories you definitely need to fill in terms of acquisition of yarn for projects or other things, um, hopefully that should avoid the shiny object syndrome or overspending. We don't want too much overspending guilt. So it's very difficult. You know, it's very exciting. We all get a bit overwhelmed. We get stars in our eyes. We buy things we never meant to. And um, that's a good way to kind of try and avoid that a little bit, certainly. Particularly if you're lacking in a little bit of self-discipline. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, I'm as bad as the next person. No more yarn. Oops. It happens. You know, it happens. But try and minimise it. Um, but luckily, you know, if you've done all the steps beforehand and you've put your train early or you've car shared, you'll have extra money for yarn. It'd be fine. Also, check out the facilities, um, in particular cash machines. Not that I'm enabling you in any way, but... Not all facilities are created equal. At Edinburgh Yarn Festival, you can bob over the road to Asda's, literally like across one road and get money out of the machine. At Skipton, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. You've got to go back into town, etc. Make sure you check out what facilities are available. And if you already know which vendors you want to go and see, whether they take cards in case you need it. If not, make sure you, you kind of cash up beforehand so you've got enough money. I don't like carrying a lot of money, so it's something I'm quite reluctant to do. So I'm very mindful to check all of that stuff. And also means if there's an emergency impulse purchase, you can you can cover it basically if you need to. So checking out the facilities is very important too. On the day then, so we've prepared like Rocky. You're wearing your grey hooded sweatshirt. You've done a couple of kind of right right hooks and jabs. You've skipped around a bit. You're ready to go. Wear your best knitwear. Everyone's going to look at it and touch it and comment on it. Wear your best knitwear. Is, is my number one point but consider layering i've been to wool shows where it's been freezing i've been to wool shows where i almost died of heat stroke um fiber east and it's impossible to wear any knitwear at all uh, dress for every season we're in the uk here people and be aware that a lot of these places are in agricultural centers where there is no heating and it can be pretty chilly and then once it fills up with people it can be quite hot so definitely layer up and wear sensible shoes I know you're all knitters and you're generally pretty practical folk, but I still see some people wearing the most ridiculous shoes for work for a wool show. The floors, again, it's an agricultural building a lot of the time, are uneven. They've got remnants of sheep who on them. It all smells a little bit of sheep and death in, in agricultural places. Um, wear decent shoes. You're going to be walking around a lot. 
they can still be nice just comfortable also think about how you're going to carry stuff around um, especially if you're going to be there all day you go mental in the first hour and a half and then you've got a heavy bag to carry the whole time I mean what would you do if you bought a spinning wheel you'd be screwed wouldn't you um, but think about how you carry stuff around don't forget in the UK now we get charged for carrier bags and so I recommend a sturdy gusseted shopper adorned with the well the logo of choice of uh, your your favorite dyer or shop or indeed podcaster uh, coming soon and um, make sure you've got enough of these canvas bags to be able to house your stuff there's going to come a point where if you buy a lot you can't carry it around just to show to people in case they ask um some of the shows have bag crashes where you could check in your bag and give a donation to charity which is good um but i'm also an advocate of a a modest backpack i'm not talking full-on bergen with tent a modest backpack with two two straps um for the weight distribution and um having one of those to put your stuff in because they might be a little bit sort of boring but they're very sensible in terms of uh they're comfortable to carry so if you've got a lot of stuff you need you need to be stashing it away so you're still two hands free basically for grabbing squishing and uh, all that other good stuff um also bring some supplies you can store them in your modest backpack if you like and things like bottled water or drinks of your choice little snacky bar type things because nobody likes to be hangry nobody wants to be hangry when they're trying to shop for yarn and not again not every venue is created equal when it comes to catering so um, especially if you've got dietary requirements it's always worth and I'm sure you do anyway if you do have dietary requirements but it's always worth just keeping some extra stuff uh, stashed in your bag um, also make sure that you not only carry the water but you drink it because um, there's lots of talking going on talking to stall holders, talking to your mates talking to other people off Ravelry and it's easy to get dehydrated and that just leads to bad buying decisions um, and a headache so make sure that you consciously get that water on board as well because you are an athlete you are athletes and it's important that you treat your bodies as such and um also the kind of last thing i would say is give yourself some time outs during the day and make sure that you're reviewing your kind of purchases so you don't accidentally overbuy and get things you don't need but also that you are keeping track of time and make sure you don't miss anything because sometimes if it's rows upon rows of stalls and you start getting sucked in you can run out of time before you've got to who you want to get to so just make sure you review that during the day whilst you're taking on water would be a good time to make sure you're not missing anyone you definitely want to see and then afterwards the debrief as I call this review review and um basically catalogue and save somewhere your favourite vendors if you've come across someone new that you don't um haven't seen before make sure you go and follow them on social media um add a link to their website to your pinterest maybe um if you really like them uh, short share it around you can when you show them in your pictures you can tag them in and hopefully get them some more new fans It'd be really kind of nice way to pay it forward um most people have business cards on their stalls so you can just pick up a load of those make a quick note on them and um, catalogue it all when you get back because you don't want to be missing out on any updates get on their mailing list so you don't miss out on any updates and review your purchases make sure that everything you purchased was what you meant to buy and if not why did you buy it 
and understand your tendencies when you're at a yarn show, such that if you have any uncontrollable or undesirable tendencies when you're at a yarn show, if you are aware of them from your debriefing process, then you can take steps to avoid them at the next yarn show. This may involve giving your card to somebody else so you can't get any money out. And basically start planning for the next one. Because there are lots and lots of them in the UK and I, and I know there's lots of them in the States and elsewhere. And um, it's a good thing to go and visit different places and meet all of your online friends. So they're my sort of top tips for how to, to survive a yarn festival. If you have any extra tips that we can add to this, um, pop over to the thread for this episode on Ravelry. It's the thread for episode 76. And leave a comment in the show notes of your top tips for what you do to survive a yarn show. Well, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this episode. A hearty helping of enabling as usual. And uh, the odd laugh or two. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you have enjoyed what you've heard here if you are a new listener. And if you're a returning listener, big squishy love to you, my friends. Uh, It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. So without further ado, I had better wish you all a fantastic week. Happy crafting. And I'll speak to you all again soon. Bye. to the shiny bees podcast a podcast for those who like their knitting comedy and yarn in equally large measures if you'd like to get in contact with me you can do so via the blog or i'm shiny bees on ravelry instagram twitter pinterest and facebook you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com music for this episode is provided by a music alley and it is adam and the walter boys and i need a drink i need a drink